Okay, another example of a toxic relationship is, um, and this, this is, I've seen this happen, where someone will zero in on a kind of vulnerable person who is just hurting or needy, and they will begin to move in to be their one and only friend. And they will begin to isolate them from other people. And that's toxic. Um, I have a friend who grew up in a home where her mother was a drug addict. There was there were drugs in the home all the time. The father was an alcoholic. He was drunk a lot, but a functional drunk, you know. So they he paid the bills and stuff. And they invited someone in, a young man who was about um, maybe seven or eight years older than my friend and he pretended to be her husband and of course he was not and so when the parents found out they kicked him out but then years later they let him back in and he again did the same thing so that is super toxic that's a toxic relationship and so in that relationship where those parents were supposed to nurture and protect their child, they didn't. And that is toxic. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. However, Jesus had a friend, and his friend betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver. But that wasn't a toxic relationship. Even though I would say that Judas was a toxic person. Because if you read the scriptures and you see how Jesus interacted with Judas, and I'm going to talk about some of the ways you interact in a healthy way to have a healthy relationship, he always interacted in a way with him that was healthy. And um, so, so we're going to talk about, so my point in saying that is you can have a healthy relationship with a toxic person. And I hope you all just breathe a sigh of relief because you're thinking, I can't get that person out of my mind. <laughs> you know, that person is here to stay. And yes, there are toxic people in your life that are here to stay. Hello. That's, you know, sometimes you can get rid of toxic people, but sometimes you cannot. And um, so you can have a healthy relationship with a toxic person. And um, so that's what we're going to talk about. So first, I'm going to start with talking about what a toxic relationship looks like to define it for you. I'm going to talk about what a toxic person looks like to define it for you. And then I'm going to address why are people toxic? How do you go from being toxic to having healthy relationships? I'm going to talk about confrontation. I'm going to talk about the beautiful exchange, and then I'm going to talk about how to be a healthy person. Okay, that is a lot. I hope we cover it all. I don't know. Do you think we can? <laughs> okay, so things about a toxic relationship. In a toxic relationship, and the, any of these things that I'm going to list right now will make it toxic. In a toxic relationship, people sin together. Um, they might have sexual immorality. They might, you know, sex outside of marriage. There might be coarse joking. 
there might be gossip, there might be greed, um, there might be idolatry. Um, it could be anything, but in a toxic relationship, one of the things that makes a relationship toxic is if people sin together. And um, we don't think of that. A lot of times what we do when we think of toxic is we think, this person hurts me, but I'm going to tell you tonight what really hurts you. And it's more than just your feelings. I promise you. It's more than just your feelings. Um, in a toxic relationship, one or both people lower their standards. So maybe they have a standard that, you know, I'm not going to gossip. I'm not going to talk negatively about people. But when I'm with this person, we kind of lower our standards. Um, in a toxic relationship, one or both people can do things that they feel uncomfortable doing. And that can run the gamut of a lot of things. Driving without a license, um, going over the speed limit. I mean, I'm, that's so silly, but you know, it can be so much worse than that when you think of doing things that you're uncomfortable doing. Um, I've had girls talk to me because one of their parents wants them to get an abortion. That would be, you know, forcing someone to do something they're uncomfortable with. So, again, any of the things I'm bringing up here, if this is going on in your relationship, it would be a toxic relationship. Lying. Lying to one another. Um, and um, secrets. Um, when, when someone needs you to keep secrets that shouldn't be secret, I'm not talking about please don't tell me when because, you know, this is kind of embarrassing. Oh, of course, keep that secret. But you know what, what I'm talking about. There are times people have shared something with you and you feel someone needs to know this. This isn't okay. Um, so that would be a toxic relationship. Um, a toxic relationship can be when what, it's all about one person and the other person is enmeshed in that person. So it's what that person wants, what that person is doing, what that person is trying to achieve. And the other person is kind of just there as an extension. A toxic relationship can be isolated. So the relationship is isolated from other people. You don't want other people around. You tend to be inclusive, I mean exclusive, keeping people out, rather than inclusive, welcoming people in. If you're in a relationship like that, that's toxic to you. When I say toxic, if you're in a relationship like this, it's toxic to you. It will harm you. It is harming you. It's destroying you on the inside. Okay, um, a toxic relationship will bring division to other relationships. Oh, I think you should just tell her what you think of it, and I don't think you should ever talk to her again. That kind of person, if you have a relationship with someone like that, that's a toxic relationship. That's not a healthy relationship. Because what does Jesus say? Jesus says that he hates division and he loves unity. And blessed are the peacemakers. So if you have someone separating, that's a toxic relationship. Or if you're doing that for someone else, that's a toxic relationship. Um... In a toxic relationship, one person can be made to feel stupid, helpless, or frightened. 
So in a toxic relationship, a person might go into the relationship and feel really confident about who they are, but by the time they're in, in the relationship for a while, they begin to feel, I, 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 I'm, I feel so dumb, I don't know what I'm doing, I feel helpless. Um, that's toxic because you aren't any of those things. In a toxic relationship, and no one is going to like this, <laughs> I just, you waste a lot of time together. And so, and I don't mean going off and having fun together. That's not, that's healthy. But I'm saying like a toxic relationship would be, and Laura, we don't do this, but I'm just going to use you as an example because you won't be offended with me. But say Laura and I say, well, we know we're supposed to clean our house today and make dinner for our husbands, but let's buy a plane ticket to Hawaii and let's just shop in Honolulu. You know, and that would be like so fun if it was planned. <laughs> but it it's it it keeps you from being responsible and faithful. Does that make sense? All right. <laughs> hey Laura, do you want to go to Honolulu? <laughs> um so in a toxic relationship, there's very poor communication. So you say something and they hear something else. They say something, you hear something else. Do you guys know what I'm talking about here? In a toxic relationship, you can be walking on eggshells. You feel like you just don't know when the hammer's going to fall. You're just waiting for the next blow up. You're just waiting for the next time that you do something wrong. A toxic relationship has arguing and yelling. And it's not wrong to argue, but you can argue in a way that treats the other person with kindness and respect. So a lot of times, a toxic, if, if you have a relationship with someone where you yell and name call and it's loud and it's ugly, that's toxic. It's not healthy for you. It's not healthy for you. Um, a toxic relationship can be abusive, and um, that can be sexually, physically, or emotionally. Um, and I'm going to talk about how we end up doing the things we do, but there are patterns in toxic relationships, and I'm going to say this, they can be broken. They can be broken. We'll talk about one last thing in a toxic relationship, and it's called grooming. Um, we tend to think that relationships are toxic because the other person is toxic. Okay? But unless this idea of grooming is going on, where in that case it's one person who's to toxic, grooming the other person, it does take two people to allow a toxic relationship to exist, okay? So everybody's saying, yes, I take responsibility. If I have a toxic relationship, I'm going to take responsibility that it exists. Um, but I do want to touch on grooming because grooming is, wow, in our day and age, I cannot tell you. Um, usually when someone has been abused, before they've been abused, they've been groomed. And by, have, is anyone familiar with that term? Okay, so 
when you're groomed, what happens is someone takes a special interest in you. They usually kind of isolate you. Not necessarily that they take you away from people, but they have a relationship with you that's isolated. It's not involving other people, especially children. Children are usually the people this is done to, but it can be anyone of any age, especially older people now. So the person begins to feel a specialness they have to this other person. So the groomer makes the groomee feel like they're really special and valuable. And wow, this person's paying attention to me. And then they begin to cross lines. And so the first time it happens, they cross a line and you say, oh, I really shouldn't do that. And I'll tell you what I mean. Here, I'm going to give you a bowl of ice cream. And I don't want you to tell your mother that I gave it to you because I know she doesn't let you eat sugar. That's how it starts. Just like that. Let's not tell your mom this. Let's not tell your husband this. He wouldn't understand. Let's not tell your sisters this. They wouldn't understand. And so that is the next step. They cross a boundary. Then they immediately come back and everything is normal. Then they cross another boundary. Then they come back and everything is normal. But each time they cross that boundary, they're going further and further away from what is honorable. And, you know, you think, oh, that is not a big deal. You know, like, um, if, if I tell Rusty, here, I'm going to give you some sugar, but don't tell your mom. But it is a big deal. Because I'm teaching him to have a secret from his mom. That's not honorable. So I'll never do that, Kate, I hope. <laughs> I hope I'll never do that. But um, so that's grooming. And grooming sets people up to do whatever the groomer wants. Because what happens is they begin to feel guilt. Oh, my goodness, I didn't tell my mom. I'm a bad person. And then the next instance, oh my goodness, I didn't do this. I'm a bad person. And so by the time they're engaging in behavior that is in some way immoral, they feel that I deserve this, I'm bad. Do you follow that? That is called grooming. And if you are a parent, if you are in ministry, you will hear so much, well, not necessarily a parent. If you're in parent or in ministry, you should keep your eyes open. If you're in ministry, you will hear about it a lot. Because it is almost always the pathway to abusive children. So, be on your guard against it. Watch over each other's children. And don't engage in any behavior that is inappropriate. Because it can set someone up to engage with someone that is harmful and inappropriate. So I would say in that toxic relationship, all the fault lies on the groomer because it is a very purposeful thing. It's not like, oh, it happened by accident. It's very, very purposeful. And usually they've done it many times before. Okay, so toxic relationship. My mom used to say to me, 
you know, because she and I always talked about my friends and she almost liked all my friends. But sometimes she would say, you know, Mary, you two just bring out the worst in each other. She's a nice girl, but you guys just bring out the worst in each other. And sometimes we can have toxic relationships because we just kind of bring out the worst in each other. So why is that? Um, well, um, because we can tend to have toxic character in our life. We can tend to have toxic behaviors in our life. Now, again, you have these cards. If you have questions, if you have examples, please write them down. I'm going to go through some toxic behaviors. And I'm going to hit on some that you have. I don't want you to feel condemned. Because those toxic behaviors went to the cross with Jesus. However, they are affecting your life. But you're really, truly freed of them on the cross, and you can walk out in that freedom. Okay? So, no condemnation. If I said to you, Leanne, you have a weed sticking out of your tooth, <laughs> you would say thank you. Or if, if you had lipstick on your teeth, you would say thank you. So that's all we're doing. Okay? So when I read some of these, you're going to feel squirmy inside. And that means <laughs> just just relax. We're going to we're going to get through all this. Okay, toxic character, selfishness. Um that sometimes Now, I think this is true of me and every person. <laughs> Why do we want relationships? Do we want relationships because we feel so loved by Jesus and we want to love other people? No. We want, I mean, let's just be honest. We want relationships because we're lonely and we want friends and we want someone to love us and we want someone to appreciate us. And I get that. But what I'm going to share with you tonight is that God can transform you so much that selfishness is gone out of your life. Do you guys want that? Amen. Okay, the next thing is self-centeredness. That's different from selfishness. Self-centeredness says it's all about me. I might be nice to people. I might do things for people, but it's really all about me. Those words should never come out of your mouth. It's all about me because it's never about you, ever about you. Even on your wedding day, whenever I'm counseling bride and grooms, what was one of the first things I said to you, Aisha? When I, I said, it's, this wedding is not about you. This wedding is about Jesus. This wedding is about the Lord. And it's about honoring him. So keep that in mind, because I want your dreams to all come true. But if you make this wedding all about you, you will be so disappointed. If you make it all about him, he will bless your socks off. It's just the way that it works. Um, control. You might be a controlling person. And basically what you're saying is, you won't love me unless I force you to love me. Manipulation. You won't love me unless you feel sorry for me or guilty. 
Um, another toxic behavior is looking for people to love you. And we kind of go. Young people, this is the biggest downfall of young people because they're so hungry for someone of the opposite sex to love them. And I really admire the behavior of the women in this room because that isn't how they are. But um, that's but we can do that with friends too. We're just looking, 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 looking for friends. And sometimes we don't see what God has brought into our life because we're so busy looking. Um, toxic behavior, sarcasm. I was so shocked that you were nice to me. Is Jesus coming back? That would be sarcasm. Um, <laughs> being super mean <laughs> and then saying, oh, I was just joking. Okay. So setting others up for failure. Um, laziness just waiting for people to come to you and not being aggressive in friendship um, and I tell this story all the time but uh, my, my husband when he was in seminary he was working going to school and he, he was basically doing full time ministry so this guy that was we, we were leading the teen ministry and there were these couples that helped us. And this one guy said, Mike, I really want to spend time with you. And he said, oh, Walt, I would love to. I would love to spend time with you. But I just, I don't know where, when I can fit it in until like, it was like three weeks down the road. So he said, can I work for you for free one day just to be with you all day? And my husband was horrified. And I was like, let him. I mean, he wants to be with you. And then they they managed to get all the work done, and then they were able to go out and grab dinner. But that that is someone who is going the extra mile to spend time with someone. And also someone who's aware, wow, this person's life is really chaotic. I'm going to go the extra mile for them. and And that's always really touched me. Walt um, was, for a long time, he was the security guard for, um, head of security for Pat Robertson. Have you heard of Pat Robertson? And um, so he went on all these exciting trips, and there he is mowing lawns. My husband was mowing lawns. That was his business in college, and he just did that for a whole day. So, um, okay. Withholding affection or compliments to punish someone. Um, Passive-aggressive behavior, trying to humiliate someone. Um, and people are so easily humiliated. Almost anything you do to make someone look um, dumb in a group setting, even if it's just two other people, will humiliate them. Playing the blame game. Well, it looks like it's my fault, but really it's your fault because if you would have done blah, 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 I would have never lost my temper. That is the blame game, and it's toxic. Inability to communicate. Well, I just don't know what to say. I'll teach you how to communicate. <laughs> if you have problems communicating, I'll teach you how to communicate. You can learn how to communicate. Um, you always feel like you can't do anything right. 
And so you feel before you start anything, you feel. Now you think I should say to you, oh, you poor thing. And I do. I feel compassion for you, but that is also toxic. It's a toxic way to view life around you. Um, Jealousy of other people's achievements and relationships. Constant correction, pointing out each other's, pointing, pointing out faults, or having a critical and negative spirit. Now, I want to say something. If you have a certain personality type, you are more prone to be that way. Don't be mad that God made you the way you are because you're an asset. Without you, there would be no space industry. There would be no engineers. I mean, so you are valuable the way you are. But you have to be more on your guard of being critical and negative. Do you hear what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> Turning others against people or trying to through gossip and slander. You make a threat, but you don't follow through. This is mostly to parents. If you don't do that, we are not going on vacation next month. And then, of course, you want vacation. So why is that toxic? Because in your children, they can't really trust your word because you're not faithful to keep it. So if you say something, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a whole other thing on parenting. We won't go into that. Okay, do you lie or do you hide the truth um, from, from people? Do you say you'll do one thing but do another? Maybe you don't keep your word. Maybe you're unreliable unreliable can be always being late somewhere it can be taking advantage of other people it can be you know you have um, a responsibility but you don't fulfill it all of that can be unreliable whatever you're going through I'm going through worse whenever someone tells you something do you have a story to tell them about how it is really not as bad as what you've been through you, do you lower your standards so others will accept you? Do you encourage or force others to lower their standards? Jealousy. Are you jealous? Oh, I already said that one. Um, you can always see the other person's fault, but it's hard to see your own. So, okay. So why are people toxic? Did anyone, be honest, did anyone hear one thing in what I said that you said yes? That is me. Okay. <laughs> so we're all on the same page because I could raise, you know, both of my legs and my arms. Um, so why are, why are we toxic? Because Jesus went to the cross. He paid for our sins. Why are we toxic? Why are we still struggling with things? Hurt people hurt people. If people have hurt you, the devil can really tempt us to try to hurt other people. And that's a strong temptation because we're going to hurt them before they hurt us again. Rejected people reject others. And we talked about that two weeks ago. Um, you might have unhealthy patterns of behavior when you grew up. You know, when you grow up a certain way, there is a way that you deal with things based on how you were raised. 
And so, unfortunately for Kate and Juge and Shine and Aisha and Rose, <laughs> unfortunately for my daughters, that there's there's habits I have that now they have that are probably not the healthiest. And Sarah, you too. And um, there are these patterns, you know, that I have without wanting to, because I don't know that I have them, obviously, or I would not do them, that I've passed on. And so we can, we can pick up patterns of interacting. Does everyone know what I'm talking about? Like you find yourself doing what you swore you would never, ever do that drove you crazy about your mom? Yep. Um, we have wrong definitions of love. We think that love means that people will always pat us on the back, will always be attentive, will always commend what we do. But true love, it says the kiss, the wounds of, an, of a friend. Thank you. Are more trustworthy than the kisses of an enemy. So it's, it's the friends that really love you and speak into your life. Um, and we try to make in our life, this is one of the biggest habits that I would say in our culture today that I see. We try to make the pain go away. We have emotional pain, so we want that pain to go away. So we're willing to do almost anything to make that pain go away. Big, big, biggie, we believe the lies of Satan. And here is the bottom line of all the toxic behavior in relationships. We seek happiness rather than Jesus. And we want to be happy, and that's our goal. And really, it will always be elusive. Happiness is a byproduct. Truly, happiness, joy, whatever you want to call it, is a byproduct of being in you, Jesus. It's not separate. So, how do you go from toxic to healthy relationships? Well, first of all, here's a few healthy relationship rules. All healthy relationships have these characteristics. There is mutual respect because all people are made in the image of God. And John 3.16 tells us that God laid down his life for the whole world. So every person on the earth is valuable to God. We may hate them, but God will change our heart if we let him. Um, Jesus is Lord of our life, not a person. No person should ever have preeminence in your life, ever. And when a person does, and it can be a friend, it can be a parent, it can be the love of your life, if any person has preeminence over Jesus, you're going to be disappointed. No person will ever fill his place. You will always be disappointed if that's what you do. Submission is given, not taken. Um, now, obviously, when we have children, they have to obey us. And that's why we have what we call spanking, which you know, is done in a very loving, controlled way. But even in that, in when we raise our children and we give them a command, 
they have the autonomy to obey us or not obey us. Now we give consequences if they don't obey us. If you come up, if I come up to a four-way stop and there is a truck barreling through, when I have the right-of-way, am I going to take the right-of-way by force? No, because then I will be dead. We can't force people, if we're in authority in any situation, submission is yielded. It is not usurped and grabbed. Always remember that when you lead people. Um, and, you know, that's why if you look, when it talks about husbands being the head of the house, it doesn't start out and say, husbands, crush your wives, force them to submit. It starts out and it says, <laughs> you know, thank you. <laughs> it starts out and it says, hey, guys, ladies, submit to your husbands. First Peter 3 like Sarah, who put her hope in Abraham? No, in God. Okay, so why do we submit? Because we trust God. We can submit to authority because we trust God. People should be able to submit to our authority because they trust God. But if we don't, we cannot hammer someone into submission. You guys understand that? So, um, okay. Um, loving people doesn't mean accepting their sin. It's ever. I think that you would go into my life and you would find a lot of people that feel loved by me and they know that I don't make mistakes with them. Because I have a lot of friends from high school who are living very highly in their lives. But when things go wrong in their life, they call me and they want me to pray for them and encourage them because they know I love them. But they also know I did. In fact, my one friend, Stephen, who is um, involved in, in the um, gay lifestyle, he always says, do not go on my Facebook page. I repeat, do not go on my Facebook page. If you need to get a hold of me, just message. So... Okay, I will. Um, relationships are built on kindness. Kindness is the most effective ingredient in any relationship. As a wife, as a mother, as a parent, as a mother is a parent, <laughs> as a friend, as an enemy. The Bible even says to be kind to your enemies. So um, the Bible tells us to be friendly to all, loving to all. And Jesus did not entrust himself to the crowds because he knew their hearts. So a good pattern of healthiness in a relationship is to be friendly and loving to all and allow the Lord, thank you, thank you, and allow the Lord to, allow the Lord to give you close friends. And he will. And he'll give you a lot of close friends if you trust him. Okay, so how do you go from toxic to healthy? So those that's what healthy relationship looks like. Um, recognize your toxicity. Okay? So the first thing you do isn't go nail the other person who's toxic. The first thing you do is recognize 
what needs to change in my life, specifically in terms of that relationship. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes you can have a relationship and you can behave a completely different way in that relationship and be completely different in every other relationship. It helps to ask the Lord why. And um, it helps to be able to say to him, why am I doing this? Why am I acting this way? I don't think it's healthy. I don't believe in this. And yet I can't seem to stop myself. Sometimes there are ways in our life, they're like little open doors that the enemy can come in and trick us. And honestly, sometimes we never know what they are. Sometimes the Lord will show us. I know, I'll give you an example. I grew up with a very, very strong dad. When my dad said jump, we said, ha, how high? I never disobeyed my dad. And yes, part of that was I loved him and part of that was fear. But when I'm around certain men and they're super authoritative, they could be 12 years old and they tell me to do something, I will do it. And Laura will tell you, right? And Laura would come to me after worship practice sometimes and she'd say, I am 35. And that was a long time ago. (laughs) And, And I made the same suggestion. And you told me it was a bad idea. And then this little 12-year-old pipsqueak said it, and you did it. And I said, I don't know why. (laughs) Oh, you gave it away. (laughs) So So I said to the Lord, why am I doing that? I love Laura. I respect her. You know, and I did respect Zach, too, but... Now we're just being real here, right? Sorry, Zach. If you're listening to this, Zach, I love you so much and so respect you. Um, so, but but what what I realized is this, is that there was something in me when a very strong male person said jump, I was conditioned to jump. And I realized that about myself. And so I thought, okay, I know this about myself, and now I can ask the Lord to heal me so that I, not that I'm rude to people <laughs> who tell me to jump, but I say, oh, well, if you'll hold on a second, let me pray about it. If the Lord wants me to jump, I will jump. <laughs> but, um, but so that was just a little example. But the Lord can show you things in your heart, maybe things that you lacked, You know, I always tell you this, we're created for a perfect world, but we live in a fallen world. And so there's so many little nicks and bruises and hurts we pick up along the way. Okay, so first thing is recognize your toxicity. Then recognize your contribution to the toxic relationship. No one can control you unless you let them. No one can make you feel stupid unless you let them. It's the truth. No one can make you feel ugly unless you let them. No one can make you feel worthless unless you let them. 
no one can make you do anything. Even the Lord Jesus knew that. And he could make us do something. So, recognize why you do what you do. Why do you do that? You know, till the day my dad died, I obeyed him. I'm not kidding. I was 45 obeying my dad. Go faster. Okay, dad. You know, he was in a wheelchair. So, you know, maybe I shouldn't be talking about all this. But, you know, I know my dad loved me. And he was, you know, he was a very strong personality. But um, that was a choice I made. And honestly, and I don't know if I was right or wrong, but I really partially did that to honor him. Partially, I made a choice when I was an older woman, not anymore out of the fear, but out of a desire to honor him because that's what he expected in a way to be honored. So um, I'll have to leave that in God's hand to judge that. Repent for your toxicity and repent for your contribution to the bad relationship. And then the next one is so important. Receive forgiveness. When you are forgiven, it's over. Ladies don't like that. We like to just dwell in our sin and feel bad and receive forgiveness from the Lord. Lord, I blew it. Will you forgive me? Please. Sometimes those sessions are filled with a lot of weeping. We talked about that last week, how a lot of times weeping comes before the healing. Um, and then go apologize to the person for the hurting bad behavior. Don't say, Amanda, I am so sorry. I have let you be a real jerk to me. And I feel like, blah, blah. You know, that is not an apology, Okay. It's not at all about anything Amanda's done. It's about me. And you know what? I feel like, Amanda, sometimes the way I talk to you, um, I put a lot of responsibility on you to make decisions for me. And it's really not your responsibility. And I feel like I've been a burden to you. And I really am sorry. And the Lord is helping me to make my own decisions. And anyway, I just want to apologize to you. Now, do you see another way I could have handled that? That would have been very negative. But always apologize to people with true humility. If you don't feel humble, if you don't feel sorry, just wait. Just wait for God to change your heart. The Bible says to think of others as more highly than ourselves. Sometimes that when we're hurting, we think of other people as evil. But there are very few truly evil people people in the world. There are some, but most people are a combination of flaws, strengths, and weaknesses. You know, in literature, we always learn about rounded characters. They're not bad. They just have strengths and weaknesses, and they change in the book. And then there are flat characters who just kind of fit a stereotype. Well, a lot of times, we turn people that we are hurting us into flat characters. They're just evil. They're just bad. It isn't true. And God is redemptive. And when the Holy Spirit lives in us, he's redemptive through us. 
Um, so um, you apologize, and then after you've apologized and that's settled, then you go off by yourself with the Lord, and you make a plan with the Lord for boundaries, new patterns, and healthy communication. What is a boundary? Boundaries are something I've had to learn because I'm, I am a very laid-back person. And so if you guys, if anyone in this room said, hey, can I move in with you? I would say, sure. Come on home. There's plenty of room in my house. I would love that. But see, that's not appropriate because my husband doesn't necessarily <laughs> feel the same way, nor my children. So um, I have to have boundaries for myself about what I commit to and boundaries for myself about what I allow people to do. But boundaries go beyond that. I expect people to treat me in a certain way. I always expected my children to treat me with respect. And if they didn't, I would take them aside and say, and honestly, I still would. You know, my I have children that are in their 30s now, but I would still do this. I would say, I love you so much, and I so appreciate you, and I think that I'm offending you because you seem angry at me, but, you know, I really don't think it's appropriate for you to talk to me that way. When they were younger, I would say that. I really don't think it's appropriate for you to talk to me that way, and then I would share this verse with them. Honor your father and mother that it may go well with you, and you may enjoy long life on earth. And I would tell them, I'm not doing this for me. I am doing this for you. Because if you honor me and you honor your dad, you are going to enjoy long life on earth, and it will go well with you. And I don't know how that all works, the reaping and the sowing, but I believe the Lord. So, um... Anyway, I was talking to someone recently, and they were just kind of being a little bit on the rude side, you know. And so I just took them in another room. I said, hey, can I talk to you? This is my manager. I said, hey, can I talk to you? And um, I said, you know, it just seemed out there like you were getting frustrated with me. And is that true? No. Immediate, like, No. Well, let me be honest with you. The way you were talking to me was disrespectful. And me being like twice your age, I would like you to treat me with respect. And I was very, very kind. But that is what I do in my life. I do call people out. I do talk to them always privately and always lovingly because it is not loving for me to let people sin against me. Do you know what I'm saying? Sometimes I can't have anything to do with it, but if I can have something to do with it, and it, and, and the same goes for my husband, you know, my husband is head of the home, but, you know, there are times I've said to him, I know that you're frustrated with me, and I know that I understand. I would have been frustrated with him too. But the way you talked to me made me feel demeaned. And I really, I, I really don't want you talking to me that way. And what was his response? I am so, so sorry. Will you forgive me? 
However, if I had said, you big fat jerk, I hate you. You are always making me feel like a piece of trash. What would he have said? Who knows? It wouldn't have been pretty, right? So can we always love someone enough to treat them with respect, especially our children? Especially our children. The way you treat them, they will treat you, Kendall. When you're old and you need your diapers changed. Just giving you... <laughs> I hope I never need that. Okay. Um, okay, so you decide what your boundaries will be, what you will allow. I, I don't like people being rude to me. Laura will tell you. I, I will... No, I don't call you out, but she's... <laughs> She's been in situations with me where I've been like, did you just say that? You know, there are certain boundaries that I have, and, you know, I other things don't bother me at all. You could come to my house, eat all my food, I don't care. You know, but other people, that would be a boundary, and that's appropriate. So um, one boundary you should always have is to never contradict Scripture, ever, ever, ever. So a boundary would never involve being rude because the Bible says love is kind. A boundary would never involve not forgiving because the Bible tells us if we don't forgive others, God will not forgive us. Again, I don't know how all that works with the cross and grace, but it is in the Bible. Um, so in another conversation, sit down with this person and say I care about you very much and you mean a lot to me if our relationship is going to honor Christ if they're a Christian if they're not a Christian they don't care so don't say that um, if our relationship is going to honor Christ I really believe there needs to be changes in the way we interact with each other. I would like to share with you what I what I think they are. Can we talk about it? Now, in all that, I have not put the blame on that person. And so often when we try to handle conflict, we just, we blow the person right out of the water with our machine gun of, this is all your fault, you're a jerk, and I'm tired of being treated this way. We have to keep in mind, we have blind spots. And sometimes my toxic stuff enables Madeline's toxic stuff to go into overflow. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm going to be really passive and someone's railroading me and running over me, it's not my fault they're doing that. But I have enabled them to do that. And I need to take responsibility for my part. Are you guys following what I'm saying? So if there's a toxic relationship in your life, you play a part in that toxicity. And God wants you to repent and be set free. He wants peace in relationships. The Bible says, as far as it depends on you, be at peace with all people. And that's Romans 12. There are some people who reject it. 
And there are some people who will say, you know what, if this is how you want it, we're not friends anymore. Okay, I'll miss you so much. But that will have to be the way it is. Because I'm not going to have a relationship that doesn't mean you're friends. And um, so, all right, now here is my dilemma. Okay. Um, oh, and also, after you talk to them, don't ask them for a response. Say, can you just pray about what I've said for a couple of weeks, and can we get back together? When someone talks to me, I really appreciate when I can take notes and get back to them. Because I am always defensive when someone talks to me. Anyone else? Always. No matter how long I've, I am so old in the Lord, I feel like, but I'm still so defensive because when someone comes to me and they share something with me, I feel like, but what about you? And what about this? And what about all the good things I've done for you? And so most people are defensive. So give them time to pray. Give them time to think and walk through. So I am halfway through my talk. So we'll be finishing next week. Um, we're going to talk more about this. Um, has anyone gotten anything out of this tonight? Okay. So we're going to finish this next week, okay? But if there's anything you want specific advice on, a specific situation, then I would like to um, address it in the talk next week as well. Okay? Um, and then I also was going to go through <laughs> Ephesians 4. So you can read that at home. I will be touching on it next week. Um, and I just want to say this before we break into our groups. I gave you a lot to think about. Um, God's heart is for healthy relationships. You will never have perfect relationships. Only Jesus will be perfect and give to you. Every other person on this planet will let you down. I will let you down the most. Not because I want to, but probably because I want so much not to. Because I love you so much. But we fall into the lies of the enemy so easily. And we behave in ways we don't realize things that we're doing. I have hurt, I think, everyone in my life when I've missed. And it is it has always broken my heart. Always. Because I don't want to be that. I want to be loving and kind. But when it comes to relationships, if you can make your goal this, I want every relationship in my life to honor Jesus. He will so fill you, and he will be miraculous. It doesn't mean you will keep every one of those relationships. Some of them you will lose. I'm just being honest. But most of them you will keep, and they will change for the better. And I myself had a miracle happen in a really negative relationship in the past month. I just had a miracle happen where I just didn't want it. And I was so shocked. But as I sat down and talked with this person, I realized that I was believing lies, and they were believing lies. And there was so much 
miscommunication and so much jumping for conclusions. And I really thought, oh my goodness. You know, I can feel so self-righteous sometimes, but I, there are things I just have to say, and I'm so sorry, will you forgive me? Because I didn't know that was going to come through that way. So, I love you, break up into your groups, and we'll finish next week.